Hello and welcome to the Approaching Schools podcast. I'm Keris Keneally and I help children's activity providers to build key business relationships with schools and nurseries without having to use cold calling or stalking. I want to help you earn a more reliable and consistent income while building your social impact and enriching children's lives with ease. So join me as I take you on a journey and let's make a positive difference together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Approaching Schools. Today I'm going to share with you my STOP system, why it was created and how it can help you to communicate more effectively with your local schools and nurseries this year. So my STOP system was developed a few years ago now based on having worked with thousands of children's activity providers who have learnt my methods on five day get your business into schools challenges and gone from no responses to consistently bringing in new schools or new nurseries all year round. In fact, since we started the five-day Get Your Business Into Schools Free Challenge, we've had over 4,000 different children's activity providers taking part. And when we started this challenge back in 2019, it was initially designed to solve one single problem, simply to help you get more responses from your local schools and nurseries for providers who had tried emails in the past but not had a response. And since then, we've had thousands of testimonials from people who have achieved four schools, for example, on just the challenge alone and many, many more than that in the Approaching Schools Academy. In fact, I have one client who's gone from naught to 19 nursery and school sessions on her weekly timetable and having to hire in a brand new team member as a result. So today, what I'm going to be sharing with you is really based on knowledge of what these providers were trying before they met me. And looking at all of the data and all of the information I've gathered, I've identified all the things that you need to stop doing. And that's why it's known as my stop system, all the things you need to stop doing. And based on the results that my Approaching Schools Academy members have been having is all the things that you need to think about starting doing this year instead. So one of the things that was really hindering children's activity providers and really stopping them from getting a response to their initial email to schools and nurseries was trying to sell, trying to pitch in a cold email it doesn't work with schools. Schools have people who are incredibly good at their jobs and their task as a gatekeeper, as a school receptionist, is quite literally to filter out the highly valuable, useful and relevant emails, forward those on to the key decision makers in the senior leadership team and bin the rest. So if your email looks like it's been sent to lots of people, if it looks very generic, if it looks salesy, if you're launching straight in with your prices, that is a surefire way to get your email deleted or have your letter put in the bin because we need to be building our connections first. We need to be having conversations with the people behind these computer screens. We're not selling to 
bricks and mortar school settings. We're actually selling to the people behind these schools, the people inside these nurseries. But we've got to build those personal connections first. We can't try and run before we walk. And putting your prices in your email, it's not about deceiving them or being sneaky about what you're eventually going to charge. But honestly, you don't yet know how you can help this school or this nursery. You don't yet know what they need. So how can you sell to them yet? How can you put a price on a service that you don't know whether it's the right service for them? It's better to start a conversation, find out what they need, demonstrate what you can deliver for them and then talk about pricing. And that comes during a sales conversation, typically in a meeting with senior leadership team after you've delivered your demo, which is going to come after you've built that connection, after you've had those conversations and you found out whether this is something that the school needs and wants. So putting your prices in your initial email can be a massive turnoff for schools for those reasons, because it just looks like you're trying to sell something without finding out what they really, really need. When we sell them what they really, really need, that's when we can look to be selling to them, you know, bigger programs, longer contracts, because you're going to be adding more value, because you're going to be solving more problems. And we'll talk about that later on in this episode. Another thing that I noticed a lot of children's activity providers who were not able to get a response from schools were doing is they were talking about their programs. Even when you're not trying to sell your programs, but you're talking a lot about them, schools and nurseries are already thinking, right, well, they need me to make a commitment. And they're thinking it's a long time commitment. And schools have a lot of timetabling constraints with who's going to use the hall at different times, which teachers are going to be available at different times, how long they're dedicating to each subject on the weekly school timetable. There's a lot and they don't have a lot of time to fit things in. So when you start talking about your programs, immediately it's creating a barrier because they're thinking, hang on a minute, that sounds like it's going to take a lot of time that we've got to commit to and we're already struggling to fit all of our statutory subjects on our weekly timetable. So again, talking about your programs can be a big turnoff. You want to give them a small micro commitment to say yes to first. Again, something we'll talk about later on during this episode. Talking about yourself, this is another thing that I identified very early on that people who were struggling to get a response from schools and nurseries, it's because they were talking about themselves a lot. They were talking about all of their experience, all of their qualifications, all their certificates, all their policies, everything they've done with all the other schools. Um, But actually, when we do that at the beginning of an email, we really risk them not carrying on and reading to the end of our email because we're dealing with incredibly busy people here who are likely to be skim reading your email or your letter. If you spend that first paragraph talking about yourself, said with love, head teachers and nursery managers don't care about you. They don't care about you yet. They do care that we've got a problem though and I'll talk about that when I come to the stop system itself. So when people were using that first paragraph to talk a lot about themselves, when you are essentially a stranger on the internet, it kind of makes sense that they're not even getting to the end of your email to see the amazing offer that you're making them. 
Another thing I noticed and identified from working with hundreds of children's activity providers on this is that a lot of the time they were making their emails too long. So this is another thing I want you to stop doing. I want you to stop making your emails too long. You only really need one sentence to describe the problem you're solving. You only really need one sentence to describe the offer you are making. You only need to bullet point the benefits of that offer. You only need to include really one strong testimonial. And we'll talk about the importance of that in just a moment. You only really need to give one clear call to action in a way of contacting you. So you can afford to have lots of white space in your email, which make it easier on the eye and easier for a head teacher or a busy senior leader to get to the bottom of your email full, um, you know, in time that they'll actually get back to you in a timely manner as well. Um, people were very often selling what they do, you know, talking very much about dance, talking very much about sports, talking very much about modern foreign languages, about music, about Lego, about um, art, about well-being, about storytelling, and not really identifying what the problem might be because head teachers don't know they need you yet. Head teachers don't know they need an external dance provider, but they do know they've got children struggling with their confidence. Head teachers don't know that they need a modern foreign languages tutor, but they do know that they've got children struggling with communication. So we need to be thinking about those wider problems and those wider issues that schools and nurseries are being faced by at the moment, because a percentage of their children are going to be struggling with the thing that you help with. Yeah, but these head teachers don't know they need you yet. So we need to address the problem first. Another thing I noticed a lot of providers were doing was sending attachments and links in their emails. Or maybe they were just sending a flyer or a brochure in the post without building that personal connection first. What it might surprise you to realise is that attachments and links can land you in spam. So when we're contacting a school or a nursery that has strong cybersecurity, high firewalls, you have a higher likelihood of ending up in spam. So one of the things we can do to decrease our spam score is make sure that we're just sending a very, very simple plain text email without attachments and links to give you more chance of landing in that all important inbox. And I would say over and above absolutely everything else for the vast majority of the children's activity providers that I've helped with getting responses from schools and nurseries, they've been sending one email and thinking they're done, thinking that's it. Oh, well, I contacted those schools. They didn't get back to me. Emails don't work. Receptionists delete my emails. Head teachers are too busy to read them. I think I'm ending up in spam. They obviously didn't like my offer. They obviously don't need me because they're going to do it themselves. Why would I try again? And actually, one of the things I'm going to talk to you about today is the importance of following up and some stats I'm going to give you at the end, which are really going to surprise you. So do stay tuned in this episode to find out. It will be a real eye opener for you where perhaps you may realize that you've not been following up enough and that that's one simple tweak you can make today as a result of listening to today's episode. Hi, my name is Nikki, Nikki Talbot from Pudding and Pie. I help children to be their healthiest and happiest selves through learning how to cook. I joined the Approaching School Academy only a couple of months ago and already I have three new settings to add to my belt. 
I absolutely love how much Keris um, understands um, what it is that you go through on a day-to-day -day basis. Her knowledge is unbelievable. Um, and what I particularly like is how hands-on Keris is. Nothing is too much trouble. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Keris. Um, the Approaching School Academy is phenomenal. I'm so, so happy that I decided to join you. So what is the stop system then? What are all the things that I suggest you do instead? And remember, this is based on having worked with over 4,000 children's activity providers on the five-day challenge over the last few years since 2019. First thing I suggest you do is think about S in the stop system, which stands for your solution. Your solution needs to solve a problem. As I mentioned before, you're not selling dance, you're not selling drama, you're not selling sports, but her teacher has a problem. A percentage of children in their school are struggling with something that you can help them with. So what is the opposite of the benefit that you provide? When you think about the results and the outcomes you get for pupils, what is it they're struggling with now because you're not there yet? Solve that problem. Address that issue. Communicate this issue with authority. Sometimes children's activity providers shy away from addressing problems with head teachers and nursery managers because they're worried that they're going to be essentially teaching them to suck eggs or that they're going to be patronising them or that they're going to feel like they're pointing the finger at them, that they're not doing their job properly or something like that. In fact, we don't do that. It's very good that you might be thinking along those lines because it's, it shows me that you're going to find a really sensitive um, way of approaching this with your local head teachers and nursery managers but actually we can do better than that we don't have to be some random person on the internet pointing out faults what we're actually going to do is we're going to communicate with authority because authority breeds trust and when you've built trust with a school or nursery they are more likely to buy into your services at the end of this process so when you communicate with authority instead of talking to them about what you feel they need to improve on start quoting a relevant person who is an authority figure in their field you know maybe it's somebody in relation to Ofsted maybe it's someone in relation to the EYFS maybe it's someone from the government maybe it's a government document maybe it's a funding document maybe it's a curriculum document that you can quote or that you can provide a stat for some research that is out there right now just describing the sorts of issues that head teachers, nursery managers and children are struggling with that you can help because that's how you start to communicate with authority. So be thinking about that next time you want to talk all about yourself in that initial email or that initial paragraph of your letter and think about the solution you are providing. Think about how you can communicate the issue that you're going to be addressing with your solution with some authority. T stands for testimonial. Okay, so this is all about improving your credibility. If you have worked with a local school or a local nursery before and they have given you some feedback, 
be sure to include that. And if you have permission to use the school's name and perhaps the teacher's name who gave you the testimonial, this is going to add credibility because head teachers know each other. Subject leads in different areas know each other. Teachers know each other. And if they can identify a head teacher that they know who's given you a fantastic testimonial and you've included it in your email, they're going to think, wow, if it's good enough for that head teacher, I trust their judgment, it's going to be good enough for my school as well. It also can help you bring in the bandwagon effect. Imagine you are approaching a local private nursery and they see that you've already been into another local private nursery. They're going to want the good stuff too. So it's going to bring in the bandwagon effect. It's really going to help you to get people talking about you and what you do. But even if at this stage you're simply including a testimonial from a parent because you haven't worked with a school or a nursery yet, what a testimonial does is it helps you back up your results. You know, if you're talking about helping children feel more confident and you have a testimonial from a parent talking about how you helped their shy child with their confidence, that's going to be a highly relevant testimonial to use. But again, I mentioned one of the problems, one of the issues children's activity providers were having is their emails weren't getting through because they were putting links to their website. You know, read our testimonials here, read our Google reviews here. Teachers either weren't getting those emails because the links landed you in spam or they didn't want to click it because they want to protect their service. Okay, so for whatever reason, you want to make sure that these testimonials or these reviews go directly in the main body of your email or your letter in the future. O stands for offer. You want to create a compelling offer, ideally free, not paid, because this is going to help you to demonstrate the outcomes you can achieve for the pupils and the impact you can achieve for the school or the nursery. They may not be ready to invest yet. They may need to see the value on offer before they're ready. But what this means is the money is coming. The money is on its way, which means you don't have to worry about discounts or feeling awkward around pricing. Once they've seen the value, you can absolutely charge what you're worth. And this allows you to be able to demonstrate how your service is different, how great you are at managing behavior, how fantastic you are at planning for progression for learning of a lesson. These are all the things that you can't simply do in an email or a letter. They have to see it to believe it. And they want to know that what they're investing in is value for money at this time. So going in and delivering some form of demonstration of what you do is really going to help you in the long run. And P stands for persistence. There are so many children's activity providers who have another P word in their head. They worry that if they follow up their schools, they're going to think that they are pestering them. But actually, when we have persistence with our follow-up strategy, we can boost our chances of getting a response by up to 80%. What it does is it keeps you in the forefront of teachers' minds so that when they have a busy to-do list, you become the priority again. When you do this in the right ways, you'll find that not only does the follow-up process feel more natural to you, but teachers will also start to thank you for following them up. And a lot of busy head teachers and busy nursery managers will expect to be followed up. They'll be used to this type of follow up. And what it really clearly demonstrates is that you truly believe in your offer and you really want to help this school. Okay, because of your dedication to following them up, your persistence. 
I want to tell you a story that highlights the importance of this. One of my amazing Approaching Schools Academy members, Jill, joined me, learned all of the strategies, set to work, putting everything in place. She didn't start getting responses and demos booked until her sixth campaign. And sixth campaigns is something that's not new to my Approaching Schools Academy members. It's something that I recommend that everybody does. So they've got different campaigns going out at different times of the year to pique different head teachers and nursery managers' interest, depending on the relevancy of each campaign. But after her sixth campaign, she started getting traction and she's now completely fully booked with four full days per week. And that's all she wants. And it took sending that sixth campaign, it took being persistent for it to start paying off. So I want you to remember and write this down, persistence pays off. Because here is that stat that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that is going to really shock you now. But did you know that 95% of conversions happen after the sixth attempt? I'll say that again. 95% of all sales conversions happen after the sixth attempt. But over 44% of business owners give up after the fourth attempt. So what does this tell you? If you are not following up, you are losing all of those opportunities to get in to your local schools and nurseries. And it's the very reason why I recommend to all of my Approaching Schools Academy members that they send six campaigns per year. And six campaigns being the operative word, because actually this is not just a one and done email. This is a series of emails or maybe a series of letters or maybe it incorporates a phone call to your local nursery to check that they got your communication. Whatever that type of follow up is that you do, I'm going to recommend that you have at least four touches within any one campaign and that you send these campaigns up to six times per year. And it works really, really nicely with the half terms as well, because you can be contacting your local schools and nurseries in sort of the second, third, fourth week of a term. And you've got opportunity then, you've maybe got up to four weeks where you can actually be following up before the next half term holiday. So did this stat shock you? Do come and let me know in my free group if you've had an aha moment after listening to this episode. And I would love for you to start deploying the stop system into your strategy for growing your business by working with schools and nurseries this year. Thank you for listening to the Approaching Schools podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, do come and let me know in my free group for children's activity providers approaching schools so that I can make more content like this that you'll love. You can find me on my socials at Keris Keneally and my inbox is always open. I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes and hit subscribe on your favourite platform so you can be the first to know when a new episode is ready. Until then, chat soon. Chat soon.